0: Talk Radio. Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. You guys know me, I'm Dr. Lauren Noel and you are listening to the very best in natural medicine and nutrition. Thanks for being with me once again. If you guys missed last week's show, it was really fun. I had my mom on the show, we were talking about tips for the holidays, how to stay healthy through the holidays how to, uh, you know, maybe tweak some of those recipes that tend to put the pounds on you and you can maybe make healthier versions of that. If you guys missed last week's show, you can check it out, as well as all previous shows on the podcast directory and iTunes. Next week's show, just a heads up, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Ty Vincent. He is an integrative doctor. I've seen him speak a few times at the ACAM conference, and I knew I had to have him on the show. He is an extraordinaire when it comes to male hormones and men's health. So for any of you ladies out there who want to get your men healthy, you can tune into the show or any of you men who listen and you want to get some tips on how to be healthy. We're going to be talking about some nutrition tips. We'll talk about some natural medicine and definitely be touching on hormones related to men and actually uh, hormone replacement. That's something he specializes in. So it should be a great show. So mark your calendars for next Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And if you guys would like to call and ask any questions during the show tonight, the number is 818-495-6919. And, of course, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Dr. Low Noel and twitter.com slash Dr. Lauren Noel. So I'm excited about tonight's show, and I couldn't think of anyone better to interview on this topic. We're talking all things related to the vagina. And it's something that is kind of funny. I'm sure you guys are so embarrassed that I'm even talking about this. To me, there's no shame in it. I'm like, hey, let's talk about it. I know that all you ladies have one, and it's not always pretty and butterflies and rainbows and unicorns. You know, there's techniques and things you got to do to keep it going great and make sure that, you know, from a natural medicine perspective, there's some things that we can definitely talk about. So this is all about how to have a healthy vagina. How to prevent conditions? If you have some things that you know kind of throw things off, what you can do from a natural medicine perspective. So that's why we're doing the show tonight. I think it'll be a lot of fun, and we're having Dr. Carrie Jones on the show. She is wonderful. She was my gynecology professor in school, and she's kind of like a twin of mine. People always got us mixed up when we were um, at, uh, at the, on the campus in, in Portland at National College of Natural Medicine. That's where I did my training. And she's actually a repeated guest on the show, so she's fabulous. I wanted to have her back on. So Dr. Jones graduated from National College of Natural Medicine, School of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon, where she is currently an adjunct, um, an adjunct faculty. She completed a two-year residency in advanced women's health, Gynecology and Hormones, and she's also an expert writer for the women's health website empowerher.com and has articles on both Yahoo Health and Shine, and she frequently lectures on the topics of women's health, hormones, thyroid disorders, celiac disease, food intolerances, and a lot more. She has a lot of different treatments in her practice, including herbal medicine, vitamins, minerals, nutritional support,
1: homeopathic
0: remedies, amino acids, biogenical hormones, and medications when necessary. So she just pretty much uses what works. And her naturopathic license also allows her to run lab work and other imaging like mammograms and perform exams like pap smears or ear infection checks and all, whatever is required to really assess the patient and get them well. And she is awesome, and she I frequently refer patients to her because she's just that great. So, Dr. Jones, thanks for being on the show, and welcome back.
1: Thank you. I'm very excited. I know. How's it going? This. It's good. How are you? I'm all excited to talk about the vagina.
0: I know. It's such a fun topic, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. Um, Had a great Thanksgiving. Flew back out to Colorado to see the family and stuffed myself. And my mom made a gluten-free stuffing, and it was amazing. It was with gluten-free bread, and she used chestnuts. And I'm sure people who listened to last week's show, we were talking about how can we actually make an edible gluten-free stuffing? And we did. We succeeded. So that was really exciting. That
1: is incredible. I love that. I know. How was your Thanksgiving? Mine was great. I was here in Portland. I went to my in-law's family, and my in-laws are incredible. And they made as much gluten-free as they could to help support me and my husband. And so I (laughs) ate way too much because there was way too much I could choose from. And uh, and now I need to get back on track this week (laughs) and get healthy. Yeah,
0: I know. I hear you. So Eli is gluten-free too, huh? He is gluten free. He has Hashimoto's, so he is gluten free. Wow,
1: crazy! I know. Did you, uh,
0: did you have to force him to do that, or was he all about it?
1: Well, he's pretty supportive of me because I have celiac, and so with him, he was already used to the whole gluten free thing. And once we figured that out, he was—he's not a hundred percent gluten free, but he's—he's, he's, <laughs> right. you know, he's gluten conscious, as somebody said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does it. Got best. it.
0: That's really cool. I know. It's just, it's it's amazing how, you know, nutrition and lifestyle just plays such a humongous role in things like autoimmune disease. I mean, I'm seeing it all the time, so it's crazy, and we've done all kinds of shows on it, so I'm sure people are, are used to hearing about it, but it makes such a huge difference. Which is wonderful.
1: So. I tell people all the time, you are what you eat, so make sure it counts. Yeah, absolutely. So things Which are good true. up in
0: Portland, huh? i got to come up there and see you soon. Things are good
1: You should, although it's, you know, raining and cold now, so I should come see you.
0: Yeah, just come see me. Let's do a beach day. (laughs) That
1: sounds wonderful. I could use a beach day.
0: Yeah, for sure. I know. I it's like me. I work so much I barely go to the beach, so it's always a good reminder. So thank you. (laughs) So I really, I didn't know anyone better to talk about the vagina with because that is kind of your forte. So, um, (laughs) in fact, I learned how to to perform a pap smear from you. So, you know, who else is better? Um, But, you know, okay, so let's kind of backtrack. So first off, when we're talking about a healthy vagina, what makes for a healthy vagina? What makes for a happy vagina? take it away.
1: Well, you know, it's important to remember that the vagina is made up of the pelvic floor muscles, and so we have to think of muscular health. And then it's innervated by a whole bunch of nerves, so we have to think of the nervous system. And then, of course, the vagina is like its own little ecosystem. It has its own vaginal flora. It's good bacteria that live there. So we have to think of diet and GI health when it comes to a happy, healthy vagina.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so, of course, when people go to see their gynecologist, it's not always really talked about like that, right? I mean, they get their pap smear and it's either normal cells or not normal cells, and then it's pretty much they go on their merry way, right? So, I'm sure we do a lot of education with patients and, you know, making sure they really get that there's a whole body, you know, connection there.
1: There really is. And unfortunately, a lot of doctors or healthcare providers don't talk to their patients about the vagina, and a lot of patients are really embarrassed. You know, they don't want to talk about the fact that, you know, it itches or it smells or sometimes sex hurts or maybe there's a bump um, and it can be awkward. And so it's really important that we have this open conversation and talk about everything that has to do with it and how to keep mm-hmm. it healthy
0: mm-hmm. and yeah, how to treat it naturally. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that there's, there's so many different connections. So the one that I love so much to talk about with patients is, is the gut health, you know, and how... the the health of your gut, the integrity of your gut lining, the flora, all of that, it actually plays a role in the vagina. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: It's true. It's funny. I tell patients a lot. You know, they're like, "How, how is that connected? I'm like, well... You know, the, inte- the colon, the intestines, there's not that much space between it and the vagina. And so if you have a lot of disruption, if you have candida, if you have, an, you know, flora, if you have um, leaky gut, if you're eating a lot of foods that are causing lots of inflammation in the intestinal colon area, it's going to transfer over into the vagina. If you're eating mm-hmm. a bad diet, if you're eating stuff high in sugar, it's going to irritate and upset the vagina. If your flora mm-hmm. and the GI tract is upset, it's th- it's going to transfer right over. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep yeah. your gut healthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so if someone comes in, they have a bacterial infection, the vagina. They have a, you know, candida infection going on. Maybe chronic yeast infections. It's really important to do some assessment for their gut, right? I mean, see if they have parasites or see if they have a bacterial infection in their gut or candida in their gut. I mean, doing actual testing. You know, I mean, obviously, naturopathic mm-hmm. perspective, it's doing lots of stool testing. I know I do a ton of them. I'm sure people me think too. I'm crazy because it's mm-hmm. like almost every patient. I'm like, take this kit, go poop in it, you know. But it's, it us gives, gives <laughs> so, it so much information, right? I know. Send it to the lab. Don't send it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, like it's crazy how you treat the gut infections, and oftentimes that also improves too. So. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's it, yeah. you know, patients often women will say. I'm here for my yeast infection. I'm like, because I'm asking, you know, do you have gas? Do you have bloating? Do you have constipation? Do you have diarrhea? Do you have upset stomach?
0: Mm
1: I'm like, well, I just, I, you know, it's just my, yes, but it's just, you know, down south is what the problem is. Like, oh no, it's much more, much more interactive than that. Yeah. Um, We do, uh, we do stool tests a lot. We do tell patients all the time, I'm gonna have you poop in a cup for science. We got to figure this out. Soup in a cup and just time. like you said t- in, totally interestingly of course it's all connected Pati- it'll, oftentimes they'll come back with just like you said parasites candida bacteria no flora the wrong flora and mm-hmm. so we have to address the whole body mm-hmm. not just local Okay.
0: so let's say a patient comes into your office and you know you see that they have dysbiosis in the vagina what's kind of the workup that you do, and what's the, the treatment that you might do for this patient?
1: Well, it depends. So the vagina likes an acidic environment. So when you do the pH of the vagina, it's pretty low. It's usually more around like 3.5 to 4.5 when you're looking at a pH range. And I think a lot of people forget that, that they think the body should be very alkaline, when in fact, which is true, but in fact, the vagina likes it a little more acidic. So when we're doing a workup, I'm working up to see... I'm doing swabs vaginally to see if it's it's candida, if it's bacteria, if it's bacterial vaginosis because a lot of people will have symptoms that they think is one thing. For example, I have itching, therefore it's yeast, when in fact Mm -hmm. it can be something else entirely. Mm. And so then we always start with good gut bugs. We always start with probiotics. Specifically in the vagina is lactobacillus. And when you're looking at the vagina, the two most common for the vagina are uh, lactobacillus rhamnosus and lactobacillus uh, roti- rotiri. And so I use that a lot with people who have recurrent kind of vaginal weird issues or they get issues, you know, after intercourse or around their period. And it can be really mm. helpful.
0: Mm. Okay. So let's say a woman knows whenever she has intercourse she gets, Funky-smelling vagina, right? So you have her do like a suppository, like a like a probiotic suppository after intercourse.
1: I will, and it works really, really well. There's some great ones on the market specifically aimed for women, instead of just a general um, probiotic for the intestines. There are ones specific for the vagina, and so mm. I'll say, okay, once you ha- if you have intercourse, you know, go ahead and insert one, and it can be amazing. Mm. Makes it all the really different.
0: cool. Um, are there any particular brands for people who maybe don't live locally to you, they can just pick it up at the grocery store, or is this just doctor-prescribed ones that you've used?
1: Oh, no, my favorite actually is the um, the company Jaro, J-A-R-R-O-W. They're femdophilus, mm. F-E-M, femdophilus. So it's the two, and they have the two strains in there, ram- lactobacillus rhamnosus and Ruteri. And what's great about that capsule is you can take it orally, so somebody can just swallow it, or they can insert it vaginally. So it's a mm. twofer. <laughs> And sometimes I'll say, do both. I want you to insert it vaginally, and I want you to swallow it. Mm. And it will cover
0: their bases. Now, what is your take on douching? I know some ladies are crazy about their douching, and I know it can, from my perspective, (laughs) it really can throw off the flora, and, of course, making it not as acidic of an environment, which is, you know, really important to have that.
1: I totally agree with you. I'm not a big fan of douching. About the only Mm -hmm. time I recommend douching is if they have um, chronic, BV, chronic bacterial mm-hmm. vaginosis. I may recommend douching with hydrogen peroxide, but even mm-hmm. then, it's not so much a douching as like a it's a light it's a light rinse out. I want them just to light. rinse it out with hydrogen peroxide. But otherwise, all those chemicals, all those you know the the scents and the the um, colors and the dyes and stuff that does not need to be in the vagina. No, mm-hmm. get that out.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so not so a big of. with hydrogen peroxide, what uh, like what you know percentage or how strong is the hydrogen peroxide?
1: I usually, just do what's what's over the counter. Just go to the pharmacy, mm-hmm. buy hydrogen peroxide. Now, if somebody's really inflamed, really irritated, they should just should mix it with some water um, mm-hmm. instead of doing straight 100% hydrogen peroxide. But if they were to do mm. mix it like 50% water, 50% hydrogen peroxide. And do it twice a day, especially if they have chronic BV. It can work mm-hmm. wonders. Now, the one thing mm-hmm. I warn people is hydrogen peroxide will will cause it to foam, so you'll get, you know, she'll get frothy at the mouth. But that's <laughs> how you know it's working. <laughs> so be careful.
0: Oh my gosh. So as so long as she's aware,
1: so <laughs> as long <laughs> as she's aware that it's, it is BV and it's not yeast, because hydrogen peroxide won't treat yeast. Then I use boric mm. acid for yeast, which is different. Mm. Got it.
0: Okay. So they use boric acid capsules vaginally, what, every night for how many nights typically?
1: Like five days, seven days, mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. if they have a yeast infection till it's gone, mm-hmm. maybe the next to the next day when it's gone. And the Got great it. thing about boric acid is it's over the counter. And so if somebody gets routine yeast infections, so maybe mm-hmm. after sex or at ovulation around their period when their pH changes, then I say just, just insert one. You know it's coming, mm-hmm. just insert one. And it brings it out. Now, back if the woman
0: isn't sure, if she's not sure if it's a yeast infection or BV, would boric acid treat both, or does boric acid just treat? It yeast? can. Um, mm-hmm.
1: it, it can. I have a lot of anecdotally, patients will say to me, you know, I just use BV, or boric acid all the time, and it seems to treat BV just as much as it treats yeast. Hmm. Some people are a little more stubborn. Their cases are a little more stubborn, and so we have to do other things, but mm-hmm. it's not a bad first line for something to try, especially if they can't get into the your doctor right away, or it's the weekend, or they're traveling,
0: it right. seems to
1: work 70% of the time.
0: Mhm. Cool. I think I love that. Yeah. 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 Um, now, what are some common offenders of the vagina?
1: <laughs> common offenders. <laughs> so... <laughs> Lots of things can offend the vagina. The vagina, vagina is uh, is high maintenance, as we know. Yeah. So besides the typical, so besides the yeast, besides bacteria, uh, which of course includes all things from the rectum, so you have to take hygiene into consideration. But then you mm-hmm. have latex. So people who are latex sensitive, spermicides, um, bleached tampons can be really offensive mm-hmm. to the vagina. All the dioxin exposure. Uh, HPV, herpes, there's quite a bit that can be mm-hmm. offensive to the vagina. Mm-hmm. Sure, sugar is offensive from to the glass. vagina.
0: Yeah, I remember when you were talking about um, the importance of if you use tampons to get organic tampons because you're in, you're inserting pesticides, you're inserting chemicals, you're inserting all kinds of funky things into there, and then, of course, you're going to be absorbing them. I mean, hello. Right. I and mean, You can actually insert right. medication in the vagina, which helps your body to absorb them, you know. I mean, so, of course, if you insert it, you're going to be, you know, getting that exposure into your body.
1: It's true. And over time, you know, you, you, you assume you start a tampon using tampons at a young age and you often use them all the way through until you hit menopause in your 40s or 50s. That's a right. lot of exposure, a lot of chlorine, mm-hmm. a lot of dioxin. That's not good. Yeah. not
0: healthy. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, are you a fan of tampons the or more a more fan of pads, or um, what's, like, your preferred thing you recommend for patients for, you know, periods?
1: Honestly, I usually just recommend whatever the patient is comfortable with. So I know mm-hmm. women who use the menstrual cup and do great with it. I know women who just prefer using organic pads. That's great. Um, other women, the tampon is the most easy thing. I don't know. What do you recommend?
0: You know, I just... I, I, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of depending on the patient's, you know, lifestyle, what they're cool with. I mean, some ladies are like, I don't even want to know I'm on my period. It's like, I just want to forget I'm on it. I'm use a tampon and just don't even want to know. And other some women are really, like, kind of emotionally connected to their cycle, and they like to have that experience, mm-hmm. that release. They like to know what their body is releasing. So it kind of depends on their relationship with their period. It's true. You know? It's true. Or And yeah. how
1: comfortable they are with the, with touching down there, you yes. know? A lot of women totally. don't want to insert a, a tampon, or they can't, or it hurts. Mm-hmm. So, most definitely. Yeah. And then I like the okay, menstrual well, cup. I know several people that use it, and but it, you know, it, it, it requires some insertion. Mm.
0: Right. Now, menstrual cup is it? Does it does it really work? I, I have no experience with menstrual cups, so I don't know. Does it work well?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually personally. I don't know either. But I have several. <laughs> <laughs> friends and patients that tell me all about it and they <laughs> love it especially because it's reusable so you yeah. it, you insert it, collects the blood and then when you remove it you dump it out, wash it out and you can use it again. Wow. So it's save Good you money. To
0: yeah, right. totally. Cool. Alright well for you guys yeah. who just tuned in if you'd like to call and ask a question it's 818 495 and I see a bunch of you guys on the switchboard if you'd like to ask a question I think you can just press 1. I'm pretty sure that's how that works um so okay cool so let's kind of talk a little bit about um as women are you know going through the change they're more into their you know menopause or hormones are changing a lot of things can happen too, to the vagina can you tell us a little bit about that
1: oh i tell you what when i am the goddess of the universe i'm going to change that that is just a terrible mm-hmm. design flaw for women going through menopause because mm-hmm. they go through menopause and their estrogen levels go down Then they start to the cells in the vagina start to lose their sponginess, so to speak, and so and they tend to dry out, and so it leads to a lot of sensation issues and Mm -hmm. lubrication issues, and it's not fair Mm -hmm. or fun. Mm -hmm. So we we
0: need to work on that when it comes to menopause. Mm-hmm. And it can really turn into um discomfort with sex, right? Some dryness. It the, can. The tissue gets really um fragile and friable and um so what can be done from a naturopathic perspective to balance that?
1: One of the main things because lubrication is, you know, all about um keeping things moist. So I always tell women, okay, you have to be really hydrated. Make sure you're getting your eight glasses of water a day. Make sure that you're, you know, really limiting your caffeine so you can be really moist. And the other mm-hmm. really important thing is, is vaginal flora. So I will definitely use, you know, maybe that use that femdophilus product and really try to support the flora that's in there to help those cells plump back up. But mm. there are also other stuff like vitamin E oil. So I'll have women who will puncture to take a vitamin E capsule, and I'll say just puncture it and, you know, rub it around, rub it around in there because vitamin E is really healthy. Make sure it's natural vitamin E and is great for the vagina, great for the cells. Mm
0: -hmm. So from
1: sticking to just a strictly naturopathic. And then oils in general. So I tell people make sure you eat your oils, your olive oil, your avocado, your nuts and seeds, um, evening promos oil, your ground flax seeds. So really trying to make sure that the integrity of those cells are really, really healthy. And then lastly is hormones. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the decline of estrogen that's causing the dryness
0: and the pain. And so working on hormone balance. Mm -hmm. So from, uh, let's say a woman's going through menopause, the only symptom she really has is vaginal dryness. Will you do just estrogen locally or will you do a whole body approach with it? Because obviously she's deficient in estrogen everywhere. She probably just only has the symptom in her vagina. So how do you approach that?
1: Actually, it depends on the woman. So I have some women who are like, absolutely not. I don't want any, you know, estrogen. But because the local estrogen, there, there are three types of estrogen, um, and it's the third estrogen that's the most common and most helpful in the vagina. And because it is a relatively safe estrogen, ha- women love it. So we'll use that just as a suppository in the vagina, and it works every time. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it not work yet. And it's great. Wow. And then for women who are like, you know, I am having vaginal dryness, but at the same time, maybe I am having some hot flashes or some night sweats or I'm not sleeping or, you know, that my skin elasticity is getting bad or, you know, all the joint pain is getting worse, memory issues. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, we can do both. We can do
0: mm-hmm.
1: more systemic estrogen and then local estrogen. But I'm telling you what, that third estrogen, that estriol, works
0: great. Mm. Wow. And... In, in your experience, how long do you see before that really kicks in? Is it pretty quick, or does it take a while to get that lubrication back?
1: It's pretty quick. They use that, the vaginal estrogen. Usually within – I tell women to do it every night for the first two weeks. So mm-hmm. I'll give them about – I'll give them like 30 days' worth, and then I'll say, okay, I want to insert it inserted every night for two weeks, but don't use it as lubrication because we don't want it on the penis. It's, it's not, right. not lubrication. And then I'll say use it like one to three times a week thereafter, so just sort of as a maintenance Mm-hmm. And usually by the second week, they're like, man, this is so much better, so much improved. I feel so much better. It doesn't burn. It's not dry.
0: It doesn't hurt, mm. which is great. Awesome. Now, and even having deficient estrogen um, in the vagina, it, it affects other parts. So so getting, like, recurrent uh, bladder infections can be something that could be a symptom, right? It definitely
1: can. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So women are start to pod. experience that.
0: Mm-hmm. So yep.
1: good thing to look out so, for too, patients who come in and say, I'm getting this.
0: hmm Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I've seen that a lot too, and that's something I've had to really pay attention to is the um is the hormone balance. So it's really it's good. And I and I think a lot of times the p- patients don't know that. You know, they're going to their doctor over and over again for this recurrent bladder infection, just given an antibiotic after antibiotic, and it's like okay, what's the root cause, you know? Is Mm it just because you get this bladder infection or is there an underlying imbalance in your hormones? So it's really important for people to understand that. So true. Totally. Yeah. So, okay, I know that you have helped a lot of patients in dealing with, um, because, by the way, for you listeners, I got to shadow Dr. Jones for a while and just see, like, just the magic she does with her patients. So I got to get a lot of really great tips. (laughs) Um, And so... um, you know a lot of the ladies are not as sensitive down there; they can't reach orgasms as well as they used to or or at all, or they just don't really have pleasure with sex so what are some ways to help um, help the sensitivity of the vagina and also with orgasm so again it's
1: very, it's really similar actually to the whole lubrication thing and you know the first thing I tell women is if you you've, you've got it you've got to play to win so just because you're going through menopause doesn't don't stop having sex and just because your libido is going down, it really focusing on making it an effort for mm-hmm. the health of the vagina. Hormones are super important, um, especially topically. So, uh, sometimes in some women will do like a bioidentical estrogen instead of internally to help with lubrication if you do it topically sort of over the clitoris with mm-hmm. testosterone, I've seen that help quite a bit. Making sure that, the again, the intestinal flora is really um, healthy can make a big difference when it comes to sensitivity and the reaction of the cells as they're having intercourse. And then there are a lot of creams on the market to help improve sensitivity. And actually at the root of most all the creams is L-arginine because it mm. improves blood flow to the area. And I'll tell women, you know, if with L-arginine cream, apply it topically Like apply it on the outside of the vagina uh, a little bit before sex to help bring in that blood flow. And then it can really, really help bring the orgasm back, bring sensitivity back. Makes a difference.
0: Mm. Cool. Um, L arginine, that's the amino acid that's in a lot of the male um, enhancement products, right? It is. It
1: is. And actually, women can, uh, there's even some for women, so they can take it orally. But it doesn't quite work the same as it does for men, but which so topically works really well, especially if it's just applied, you know, right there on the outside, bring that blood flow mm-hmm. in.
0: Yeah. Now, if if somebody has um, uh, viral infections like you know um, cold sores or herpes outbreaks, can that worsen that? Because I know that I've you know seen that that could potentially happen. It and can. can it definitely mm-hmm.
1: can. Now, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the topical worsen mm-hmm. it so much as I've seen more um either supplement people who supplement with a lot of amino acids specifically arginine or who mm-hmm. do high arginine foods so uh chocolate, nuts, things like that. But I haven't seen mm-hmm. the topical worsen a herpes outbreak.
0: Hmm. Good thank to know. Goodness. Cool. Yeah, thank goodness. Have you seen that? <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah, so I was just curious about that. mm. Cool. But of course, if they're so,
1: actively, you know, if they're if they actively have an outbreak, I'm like, okay, well, don't, don't apply it, <laughs> don't use it.
0: Well, probably not going to be having sex anyway, probably because it wouldn't feel good and also wouldn't want to trans transmit. But yeah, it's good to know, just so people know. You never know.
1: You you never <laughs> That's know. That's
0: true. <laughs> So, okay, cool. So we've talked about sensitivity. We've talked about, you know, infections like yeast infections, bacterial infections. Um, I guess herpes is kind of a good segue. So this is something that I see so much with patients, and so many women have herpes, and so many women have HPV and these STDs that they've had in their life, and there's a lot of shame around it. So I just want to talk a little bit about it that there's really not a lot of shame. I mean, how common are these are these conditions?
1: Oh, my gosh. I think it's estimated for the HPV specifically that some 80 to 90% of sexually active people have HPV, whether they know it or not, whether it's tested positive or not, that they've come in contact with it. The thing about HPV, just like with herpes, it's a contact sport. So mm-hmm. you don't actually have to have physical penetration to get HPV. It's just skin-on-skin mm-hmm. skin contact, and you can get mm-hmm. it. Right. And I and think because it's... Traditionally, sex, you know, it's considered sexually transmitted. Like you said, there's a lot of shame, but mm, it's so right. common,
0: so common. And also, too, there's a lot of fear around it, too. I mean, we hear these vaccine, you know, commercials and things that doctors are telling us, and there's all this, all this fear that if I have HPV, I'm going to get cervical cancer, and it's really not the case. I mean, the the chance of it turning into cervical cancer if you have HPV is relatively low, correct?
1: Right. exactly exactly it can take a long time to convert into cancer if it's going to happen and then most of the mm-hmm. time people revert back to normal their own immune mm-hmm. system takes
0: care of it wow so i love how that's something that you know you guys offer in your clinic you guys are doing escharotic treatment correct
1: we we don't oddly we don't do it as often as you would think we would do it but we do offer huh. it
0: yes yeah okay so so for people who aren't familiar with that you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have had abnormal pap smears in the past um, or have, you know, tested positive for HPV. And what, what is escharotic treatment, and what, what, um, what can it provide for, for ladies?
1: So escharotic treatment is a naturopathic treatment, and it's done uh, twice a week for five weeks, and it's specifically a topical treatment for the cervix for women who have an abnormal pap smear and it's using agents that are known as escars hence the name escarotic treatment and that it um kills the virus and then it can it sloughs off it sort of grinds off the bad cells and mm-hmm. it's great it's a combination of using uh, zinc chloride mixed with the herb sanguinaria um and um bromelain bromelain powder and so it's this whole little you know, it's a couple-step process that's done, and it can work amazingly well, especially for stubborn HPV people mm-hmm. who just won't convert with their own immune system.
0: And it can be an alternative to having a cryotherapy, right, or potentially even a leap procedure, right?
1: It can, it can, as long as the HPV is on the sur- surface of the cervix instead of up inside, it's a great alternative.
0: Mhm, and a and lot it's- less side effects potentially, right?
1: I was just going to say, exactly. Especially um, like with LEAP, when when they do LEAP procedure, it's when they go in and cut out the cells that are uh, bad with HPV. And a lot of times they end up, you know, well, they cut the tissue, but they may remove part of the glandular cells as well. And therefore, women may have less mucus, less less lubrication, less... um, um, fertile mucus, so with, when they're trying to get pregnant, it can become difficult. And by doing the natural escharotic treatment, there's, there, to our knowledge so far, there's none of that side effect.
0: Mm.
1: It preserves so cool. the glandular tissue. Mm-hmm. I know. And so, Yay, natural it's twice medicine. Twice
0: a week for five weeks, right? So he, the patient twice a week in, for, five weeks, five, for weeks. five weeks and then repeats their PAP.
1: Yep, and so, th- so she does it twice a week for five weeks, not during her period. Uh, 'Cause the blood will just push everything off. And it right. takes about thirty minutes in the office, so it's not a very long A lot of most of it's waiting because you have to wait for the bromelain to set. And then um and then you wait, so you give the cervix time to heal, so then you wait, um eight eight weeks, eight to twelve weeks, and then you repeat the PAP.
0: hmm
1: Which so is great. Cool. It's kinda so like a leap. So you do the leap and then have to wait. But it's just right. more natural.
0: hmm and, and it's something and also, we're taught too, in school.
1: Mhm. Right. So yeah. a
0: lot of naturopathic doctors know the procedure. Mhm. Yeah. And and there's there's also internal treatments to do too as well, right? So let's say a patient comes in, she's tested positive for HPV or she's had abnormal cells. Um. And what's the, the protocol that you do with them to um, work, you know, from a whole body perspective?
1: It's true. Um. We do most definitely because HPV is viral. So we'll do a lot of natural. Um, and research-proven antiviral treatments that are specific for HPV. So, for example, the, one of the easiest ones is vitamin C. And people are like, oh, I take vitamin C all the time. Like, no, I know, but vitamin C is incredibly antiviral, and we recommend it at higher doses. So more like four to 6,000 milligrams instead of the usual, you know, 500 to 1,000 milligrams. And mm-hmm. it's great. Vitamin C is helpful. We use a lot of um, green tea extract, and so not drinking green tea, although I encourage that, but green tea extract has been shown to be really helpful against HPV. Um, DIM, so I advise people to eat a lot of broccoli, kale, cauliflower. That family, that brassica family, there's an ingredient in there called uh, DIM, D-I-M, and it stands for a really long scientific name that I can't think of right now, but that <laughs> helps clear excess estrogen out and can also be really helpful for HPV. Uh, We do vitamin A or beta-carotene, kind of depending what's going on with with the body. Vitamin A has been shown to be really um, important for lymphocytes, and so the immune system in general. And then there is really good research on beta-carotene, which of course is um, in the vitamin A family for HPV specifically. And then lastly is folic acid. There's a lot Mm. of great research on folic acid and uh, HPV. And so it's all hmm. really, you know, straightforward, easy-to-do treatments. Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference, and it helps patients be proactive. They have HPV, and instead of saying, oh, well, let's retest it in three months or six months or 12 months, it's like, no, let's. it's a virus. Let's get rid of this. Yeah. Kick it from now, the cervix. Now, can you
0: ever fully get rid of it, or is it your body just deals with it appropriately, no. and it doesn't run its course?
1: Yeah, you can you can get rid of it out of the cervix, but you can't get rid of it out of the body. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely have normal pap's again and not have HPV in the area, but because it is a virus, it will always be in the body,
0: hiding. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and a similar um, similarly common uh, virus, herpes. Um, I see this a lot mm-hmm. with patients. Are you seeing this a lot? And, and um, what's your um, approach in addressing this naturally? With herpes, I actually see. No. I mean, I'm seeing HPV. i seeing HPV a whole
1: lot more than I actually mm-hmm. see herpes. So, her, but herpes mm-hmm. is similar. I mean, it's it's a virus, and so I'm doing a lot of natural antiviral treatments to help support their immune system, or just immune system support in general, especially for mm-hmm. people who don't want or don't don't want to take the uh, medication like acyclovir, Valtrex, or something like that. Right.
0: Right. So, let's say a patient has uh, an acute herpes outbreak. Um, What's your approach? I can share, you know, what I do as well. Um, But what do you typically do with patients for that?
1: So I usually do some sort of immune system support. I usually do lysine, the Mm -hmm. amino acid lysine. Um, I usually do vitamin A, again, for the immune system. Um, Depending how bad the outbreak is, sometimes I'll have them do, like, a vinegar pack. So make a vinegar pack and apply it, especially if it's pretty painful. Um, I'll have them do the herb lemon balm, which is also known as Melissa, because it's incredibly Mm. antiviral. And so I usually do some mixture of that uh, with them. Mm. If they're really stressed out, I'll often do like B12 injections or B-complex injections, trying to help from if stress is one of the things that's bringing
0: it on. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, it tends to come along when there's sleep deprivation or just feeling really stressed out or just eating all kinds of crap right and that's when it tends to root right exactly literally exactly yeah pretty much (laughs) what do you what Um, do you do for herpes pretty pretty similar stuff i mean i've i've started doing a lot of injections with vitamin a and vitamin d and it's been amazing just you know the higher doses just the you know intramuscular shots um obviously not into the the vesicle but you know um, usually in the you know the buttocks region and that that absorbs really well and then um I've been having patients do licorice root, you know, a, a boiling it, making yeah. a decoction, and then just dabbing that onto the sore, whether it's a, a cold sore or, um, or you know, genital herpes. And It's been really amazing. And also doing um, a licorice gel. It's called Lycrogel by sci- Science of Mechanical. This stuff works wonders. I totally mm-hmm. forgot about that when she said licorice. I know. I was like, wait a minute. There's something else. Yeah. I know, and there's so many things. Like it just kind of depends on what works for the patient. But um, and I think too with lysine is that a lot of people don't know they can dose it really high. You know, you can do as much as I think eight thousand milligrams. You know, just really dose it high and, and knock that thing out. So it works. It works very, very well. Yeah,
1: I, totally. I usually have people start at three thousand. I'm usually mm-hmm. I usually tell them go buy a thousand milligrams and do it three times a day.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Cool. Well, I just, I love to be able to let people know that there's so many different options besides Valtrex and besides, you know, HPV vaccine or besides just, you know, watch and wait and see what happens. There's so much you can arm yourself with and just have, like, your own little, you know, medicine cabinet at home that you can do and and be able to treat yourself effectively, you know?
1: It's so true. And the other thing, too, with the HPV vaccine, you know, it only protects against four strains, two of which for warts and two of which are for um, cervical HPV. And so there are Mm -hmm. hundreds hundreds of strains of HPV out there. And while, yes, those are the most common, most aggressive, it's it, it's not a guaranteed protection against all strains out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You, right, still right. you still have
1: to be careful. You still have
0: to be prepared. Mhm. Yeah, and, and just, you know, do the whole full-body approach rather than just treating one specific strain. It's like, okay, how can we make you really strong to where you're not less so susceptible to just viruses in general, you know? That's true, yeah. Yeah. Get that immune system cool. pumped up there. All right, well, let's kind of shift gears and talk a little bit about some of the, um, I'll call it vaginal tone um, integrity. So (laughs) what are ways that ladies can really optimize their vaginal tone?
1: Work those pelvic floor muscles. So it's interesting. People go, oh, you know, I try kegels or I forget about kegels. But I once had a physical therapist tell me, well, if you don't know what muscles to strengthen, or if you already have a few strong muscles and a few weak muscles, those squeezes are only going to strengthen the strong muscles. So you have to mm-hmm. know which muscles they are. Mm-hmm. So, what I tell people is, okay, it's the muscles that stop the flow of urine, right? So when you're trying when you're peeing and you want to stop the flow, it's those muscles right there. And if you're still not 100% sure, I tell women, okay, insert a finger or two vaginally and squeeze. <laughs> squeeze like you're stopping urine and it's those muscles that you need to recruit when you're doing your exercises. Mm. One of the most helpful things that I find a lot are like the balls, Benoit balls mm. or the weighted cones. Um, they, they make other kinds of like vaginal barbell type things because it's a <laughs> muscle. I mean, if you're going to work your bicep, you've got to gotta use weights. It's the same thing for the vagina, and mm. that can make a world of
0: difference. Right. And so how how often would you say is a good, um, you know, frequency to get those muscles stronger?
1: Well, they say it can take weeks. So I tell women, okay, don't expect miracles overnight, but I t- do it every day. And mm. you have to work the fast twitch muscles as well as the slow muscles. So you have to be able to squeeze and hold for a second, release for a second, hold for a second, release for a second. And then you have to be able to squeeze and hold for four to six seconds. Mm. So you have to be able to do both to really tone those muscles.
0: So start to slowly laughing, squeeze, how squeeze, how squeeze. All the
1: ladies listening are doing that right now, right? Oh, oh, who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't <laughs> mention the pelvic floor kegels and go, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Right. And there's you know, all those tricks, like do it at a red light, do it at a stop sign, you uh-huh. know, do it at you know certain parts of the day. I don't care when you do it. Just do it. Yeah. And the Get other little cool thing, too, core work. Mm-hmm. Core work is really yeah. important. People who are into Pilates, who are into bar method, it's all about that up and in for the core, and it's the, the pelvic floor muscles follow right behind. Mm-hmm. So it's great.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All you ladies out there, do your pelvic floor workouts.
1: right squeeze right now
0: get your squeeze on yeah and is it possible to continue to have that you know really strong um even after having children or even you know going through menopause i think so
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. definitely there Mm -hmm. are definitely cases when i refer for um, pelvic floor physical therapy do you ever refer for that
0: no i don't know anybody locally here
1: (gasps) bummer So the great thing about that is, um, you know, it's it's trained physical therapists, and they just, instead of focusing on the knee or the hip or the shoulder, they focus on the vaginal muscles. And so Mm -hmm. they help women identify strong muscles, weak muscles, how to squeeze, using weights, doing feedback, doing biofeedback to help regain that muscular strength. Mm -hmm. They're amazing.
0: Right, right, right. That's That's awesome. Cool. Cool. I you do um, a cool technique. I don't know if you still do it, but you doing the Mayan massage?
1: I do. I still do it, yeah, the Mayan abdominal massage, which is an external massage. So it's mostly on the belly, um, sort of over the pelvic and, well, the, from the rib cage down to the pubic bone, essentially, mm-hmm. and on the back. And the whole goal of it is to help improve um, muscle strength and to help with nerve conduction and blood flow um, and workout congestion, all in that... Pelvic, uterine, ovarian area,
0: mm-hmm. and I,
1: I, I get great feedback from women who feel lifted and not as heavy, lighter, less congested, more normal, sort of in the pelvic stomach area when they get the massage.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And so have you seen? And it's it, all external. You, right, right, right. So cool. Have you seen it be the case where there's, um, in the case of trauma, women who have been, you know, sexually abused or raped, where those Therapies can release a lot of emotions, like stored emotions in that area.
1: It, I, oh, I absolutely think so. Most definitely, mm-hmm. most definitely. And mm-hmm. I think you know, with women, pe- we hold we hold on so well, and we have to stuff it somewhere, and it often goes in the muscles, as you know. And so, mm-hmm. working right in that area, doing pelvic floor physical therapy, doing the you know sort of abdominal type body work, can really help release that trauma. It can be intense, but it can really make a difference,
0: right? And just allowing or allowing the release of whatever comes, whatever emotions come, it's a it's a, a healing crisis, really. I mean, it's it's your body releasing what's stored there. Um, right. So just allowing that to happen, yeah, it's really powerful. So true. So, yep. Definitely. And is it something that it's you know sort of a long term therapy? They do you know several different treatments.
1: With the abdominal massage? Uh-huh, yeah. Usually what I have, w- I mean, in my case particular, what I tell people is come come twice. So I have them um, mm-hmm. come for the first massage. I have them come for a second massage to see how they did, how they felt, wh- what got moved and what stayed where it was. And then I actually teach them exercises to do at home. So I mm-hmm. actually teach them a little part of this sort of self-care massage to help them stay on track and to mm-hmm. help their uterus and help their ovaries and get rid of that congestion and you know work on the blood flow to that area yeah
0: okay now Which how about nice. um, the ladies getting more of a relationship with their vaginal discharge <laughs> obviously the type of discharge that a woman has can be a clue of what could be going on with her vagina so what are the different types of vaginal discharge and what could that let a woman know about her her body
1: well, it's interesting. I had a woman years ago who came in, and she reported she was having chronic yeast infections. They happened every month. I said, okay. So I did an exam, and when I was like, well, you have you have discharge, but it looks totally normal to me. And she's like, no, it's right. I'm having it right now. I'm having all this discharge. It's abnormal. And it turned out it was cervical mucus. It was for, It was from ovulation. It was fertile mucus. And it was very Mm -hmm. stringy and very stretchy. And I said, no, it's not a yeast infection. This is normal. And no one had ever explained to her that as a woman moves through the month that her mucus changes. It changes to either potentially get pregnant and then leading up to the period, Mm -hmm. which I find interesting that a lot of women don't realize that. So fertile mucus is completely normal. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have other discharges. So you have discharge that's different for yeast, which women are often very familiar with. It's usually thick, it's white, um, it's curd-like. And then usually with BV, there's some sort of discharge with usually an odor associated with different bacterial infections, you can have a discharge. So Mm -hmm. it can be completely normal to have it change through the month, or if it has associated symptoms, it definitely may Mm -hmm. be worth getting worked up.
0: Mm Mhm. Okay. Cool, and and I think it's a great idea for a woman to have that relationship with her vaginal discharge and you know its relationship throughout the month. Um, I know I talked on, I think we talked on previous shows about this, the the uh, the book Taking Charge of Your Fertility, and I know you're a big fan of that book, right?
1: Huge fan, love it.
0: Yeah, and just seeing, you know, there's photos in there. You can you can see what your vaginal um, discharge, your cervical mucus looks like and um, be able to know, like, am I ovulating at this point or, you know, is this the earlier part of my cycle, the later part of my cycle? And having a relationship with that, and it's so cool when – you see these changes. You get, you know, a sense of where you are, and um, and it's it's just you feel. I mean, for myself, I just feel more womanly knowing that stuff, and and also I get super excited when my menstrual cycle actually matches up with the moon, which it's doing right now. And it doesn't always do that. Because my <laughs> cycles aren't always regular, but right now I just feel so like feel like a moon woman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna get you a menstrual so, cup and send it to you. Oh, I don't know about that. It's a little
0: too far. (laughs) That'll be my stocking stuffer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So Taking Charge of Your Fertility is a good one. Do you have any other um, resources, other books that you really like, maybe websites, ways for people to continue to kind of educate themselves?
1: Well, the one thing I like about Taking Charge of Your Fertility is that they have an entire website, and so you can, you know, use their program right there. You can print out the charts. The other great thing that I like a lot are some of the apps that you can get for your phone so you can get the cycle tracking app. Um there's even an app I was told about for um how to practice or how to do uh your Kegel exercises. And so it walks you through how you know how to squeeze, how long to squeeze, how often to do it, and um I think that's really great that it's moving to your phone. <laughs> you can just have it right yeah. there at the touch of a button. Yeah, definitely and how, many and times, like a reminder, how many times so you can do it. Right. And how many times do you ask women in your visit when was, the first, when was the last time you started your period? And they immediately pull out their phone. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you're tracking it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, important. So totally. I do the same thing myself.
1: <laughs> me too.
0: <laughs> yeah, before that I was like, I don't know, sometimes. now I'm like, <laughs> oh, it was on such and such, and it was this time, and it's like, it's great. It's it's just really great to be able to know, you know, where in my cycle I am. And, and sometimes it, it gives me some... Um, It helps make sense of how I'm feeling, you know. I know at a particular part of the month I start to get a little, little bitchy, you know. Not too bad, just like get a little (laughs) edge, you know. So it's like, all right, cool, not crazy, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. So I, I love this. You kind of just flew through this. Um, Is there anything else you can kind of think of that would be important for us to mention, or any other little tidbits or pearls you have, you know, regarding the vagina and just being healthy in this department?
1: Um I think well the my biggest thing for sure is just the vaginal flora making sure that when you're getting the probiotics that you remember that it goes to your vagina as well. And then the other thing is just hygiene. I think women forget it now with, you know, and I'm I'm a big fan of skinny jeans, but you know, that's a lot of constriction for the vagina, so remember to let your vagina breathe.
0: So mm-hmm. if you wear
1: if you go to bed, you know, don't wear panties or put on, you know, put your pajama bottoms on and don't wear panties. Let your vagina breathe for a little bit after mm-hmm. it's been constricted in Pantyhose or a thong or skinny jeans all
0: day. You got, yeah. you got a lot of air out a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. But so don't wear the Lululemon pants every single day. I find for, for patients that it doesn't let them breathe. <laughs> it it's up. true. First it's true. <laughs> exactly.
1: It's true. You got yeah. You got to flow loose, right? Men have to wear boxers yep. sometimes from the briefs. As women, you're the same way. You got to let yep. it air out a little bit.
0: Borrow your man's boxers. No
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Awesome. So where can our (laughs) listeners learn more about you and where can they, you know, if they're local, where can they come and actually see you?
1: Well, I practice. I'm up here in Portland, as you said. So my website is www.Sherwood, which is the town I practice in. So it's S-H-E-R-W-O-O-D, familymedicine.com. And then I have connected to that is I have a blog, which is called The Happy Healthy Woman so similar to the the Healthy Vagina, so it's the Happy Healthy Woman blogspot dot com, but it's also attached to our website as well. Cool. With so all things women's health.
0: Yeah, great. Do you have any projects coming up? Anything you're working on? What's What's on the horizon for you?
1: What's on the horizon? I've been doing like a, I've been doing a ton of writing, which is great. I got invited to um, write for Yahoo a whole lot more, so I'm really excited for that. I love awesome. writing for them. And then I've been consulting for a new lab here in town that's doing. Hormone testing and kind of adrenal testing, kind of like the adrenal stress index test, but a little but different. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for that. Learning a whole lot. Sweet,
0: that's great. Yeah. Yeah, staying busy. Yeah, that's what it's all about and letting people know about this amazing medicine we do. So I just am so happy that you had the um, the time to be on the show. I really appreciate you joining me and um, looking forward to having you come down here to to uh, San Diego and letting us have some fun in the sun very soon.
1: Please, I need a beach day. That would be wonderful.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you got it. We'll plan
0: it. Well, great. Well, enjoy your evening. Tell Eli I said hello and um, see you soon. Yeah.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so cool. much. I appreciate it.
0: Yep, you're so welcome. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. All right, guys, that's our show for tonight. Thanks for tuning in. I saw you guys all on the switchboard. I think people were uh, too shy to ask some questions, but so I think we were pretty thorough about all things vagina. So hopefully we answered your question. If you have any um, any burning questions that didn't get answered, go and um, visit my website, drlaurennowell.com. You can write to me there, and I'll be sure to get back to you. And Um, Check out the website, bloomnaturalhealth.com. I see patients there um, here locally in San Diego, as well as all over the country. So thanks for tuning in. Next week, again, we'll be talking with Dr. Ty Vincent about male hormones and men's wellness. And uh, have a great week, you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. This is your wallet. I've got my hands full with your credit cards, ID, and that Froyo loyalty card. So I was thrilled to learn about the new digital wallet in the Giant Eagle app. It'll let you store, manage, and spend all your gift cards right from your phone. E-gift cards you buy from Giant Eagle and Getgo will load automatically. And you can even transfer plastic gift cards there, too. Download the Giant Eagle app and start using the digital wallet today. Visit gianteagle.com backslash wallet for details.